Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in our series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through optimal health. In each of these podcasts, I'll be interviewing a leading health and fitness expert, someone who's making a difference and who can make a difference in your life. I also want to welcome the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make fitness and nutrition a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences for the American Council on Exercise. And in this second part of my interview with uh, Eddie Phillips, the, uh, who is an Assistant Professor of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Harvard Medical School and Director of the Institute of Lifestyle Medicine at the Joslin Diabetes Center, uh, we're going to be looking at the role that media plays how fitness professionals can specifically connect with physicians and talk a bit more about lifestyle medicine in general. Dr. Phillips is uh, the author, the co-author, I should say, of the American College of Sports Medicine's Exercises Medicine. Dr. Phillips, great to have you. Let's jump right in. Absolutely. What would you, what advice do you have to a a, a fitness professional uh, who has spent his or her life getting a degree in exercise physiology, uh, has focused his or her life on you know physical wellness, uh, uh, exercise, and so forth, in a gym, probably, or boot camp, and so forth. And then they hear me talk about the need to connect with physicians. And they look at me and they say, well, how do you, well, I don't know, what, 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 like that. What, as a physician, what do you want to hear from a young fitness professional knocking on your door saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm a fitness professional in the area, and I'd like to work with you and your patients. So what I want to hear and and where the fitness industry needs to go is, is, for instance, if you look at the health clubs themselves and and the, the professionals that you're talking about, is primarily fighting over the same 18, maybe 20% of the population that actually belongs to the gyms and actually goes to them and uses a personal trainer, let's say. There's another 20% of the population that's out there, they're active, they're doing their walking, they're biking, they're a triathlete and they don't feel like they need a gym. What I wanna hear about is, and I think where the opportunities lie for the fitness professionals, is that there's another 60% of the population that's never been to a gym and never will go. They have their chronic diseases and they're seeing the doctors. They're coming to the doctors nearly three times per year. We're seeing 80% of the population in primary care offices at least once per year. And those are the folks that we need, the government, that the nation, that the individuals need to get active. And I want to hear some cogent, workable plans from individual fitness professionals from gyms, from the, the, the gym association to say, we want to engage that other 60% of the population, arguably 80% that's never been to a gym. Uh, we understand that, they, that they're overweight. We understand that they're inactive. We understand that a lot of them are diabetic or, or uh, have prediabetes. We can handle, because we're certified, 
because we have a, a disposition and, we, and we're willing to take on the people that really need our services. That's what we need to hear from the fitness professionals. And very practically speaking, <clears throat> as a physician, is there some, some guidance that you have for the fitness professional about how to literally come into your office, connect with you, introduce themselves? Um, that's, a, that's a terrific message that you want to hear. These folks are saying, um, literally, like, what do I do? How do I connect? Should I call them? Should I make an appointment? What about that practical advice? So, so part of it is I would be more prone to talk to a fitness professional that um, obviously has a good reputation, that's got the appropriate certifications, that maybe is already out there sort of helping with getting the community more active. So, for instance, uh, there, are, there are wonderful programs called like Walk with a Doc, where lunchtime the doctor will actually walk with folks, and, but doctors are pretty busy. And doctors aren't trained to, let's say, teach that same people, those same people how to do the appropriate stretching or you know, some strength training at the end of the walk. Wouldn't it be great and wouldn't it open up my eyes if there was a fitness professional in our community that was leading walks and where I'm hearing about it from my patients? Um, or that as a physician and as an individual who wants to go on a walk and maybe I need some motivation, that I'm already joining in with that fitness professional, that's someone who's sort of already engaged, and that's someone who I would feel much more comfortable with. So there's a medical center I just saw a post on Facebook uh, on July 20th in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I think it's the Tilgman Medical Center. It's having a run walk with your doctor. Let's get healthy together. A five mile, a five k run or a one mile walk. I mean, raffle prizes. This is July 20th, 8:30 a.m. Lehigh Parkway. If you're from Allentown, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, go out to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and on July 20th, and you're going to walk with doctors. So you're saying if a fitness professional said, hey, doc, uh, I'm sponsoring a walk-run with a bunch of doctors. I'd love you to join us on a Sunday morning. That would be a great idea for, for you to hear that. That would turn you on. Oh, I think so, because I, you know, part, we're back to the, you know, the, sort of the self-health for doctors and, and the fact that... No, talk, talk, let's talk about that a little bit, because we haven't mentioned that one yet. Oh, actually, so, so the, the, the simple... There's a, let me get, get into this on a couple of levels. One of them is that doctors, like many other professionals in our busy society, are burning out. And we need to put on our own oxygen masks first. We need to get the physical activity, and we need to set... <laughs> um, and we're doing it for our own selves. That's f just to start with, and if I could give a little um, push or a little um, plug, um, the Institute of Lifestyle Medicine, along with the Massachusetts Medical Society, has just started a blog called whatworksforme.org. Um, so it's what, yeah, what works, and then the, the number four, uh, me.org, and we have a blog for health professionals to reflect in several hundred words what works for them. Uh, it, it, it's often physical activity, but it could be poetry and uh, playing music and, uh, you know, and, and the like. Um, but the idea is that we're first concerned with the health and the well-being of medical students, of residents, of doctors, and physical activity needs to be integrated. So that's just step one. Step two is this wonderful literature that shows that what the doctor does and whether they follow the recommendations, let's say, to get their colonoscopy, to get their mammographies, to use their sunscreen, 
to get an adequate physical activity translates directly into what the patients do. So that's, that's sort of step two. Step three is actually a really interesting thing that you don't necessarily, as a physician, have to be fit. You just have to be on the path. And the changes that you're going through are noticed by the patients. They come in and they notice everything. And if you're open to talking about it, they will comment on it. And when you say, geez, you know, I'm, I'm, I've started a walking program. And by the way, why don't you join me, you know, this Sunday? And here's like, like they're doing in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And you, you want to come and, and join me. It, there's wonderful results from that. And, it, and it, it creates a community. It also encourages the doctor to stay active. And it sort of reduces the barriers. Uh, it, it, it's, all, it's all of these wonderful, virtuous things wrapped up together when that sort of activity happens. That's terrific. So that we call that, uh, you call that, I should say, self-health. Self-health. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Eddie, I have to ask you another question about the media. <laughs> Please. We are bombarded. I'm holding up Time magazine from the uh, June 23rd issue. Eat butter. Scientists, this is on the cover. I guess Time Magazine has to sell magazines. Scientists labeled fat the enemy, why they were wrong. Um, we, you know, there's so much out there. The public goes to pace, uh, you know, whatever, they're at their, the supermarket, and they see 20 magazines touting get your bikini body on, the 20-day weight loss program, uh, eat this, the Dr. Oz supplements, all the quick cures. What say you about all this? So my, my basic answer, which is that when we teach through Harvard Medical School, through the Institute of Lifestyle Medicine, we just had a course this last weekend with health professionals from around the world. And I put down at the very beginning of the course that we're going to teach generic uh, recommendations. When we talk about exercises, medicine, or the benefits of physical activity, it's more important to get people moving and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the nuances of exactly which uh, fitness fad is going to be best to get you moving just as an example now there are there are fads in fitness and people like to try new things and if your body is moving and your heart rate's up a little bit and, and you're enjoying it we're calling it good so we're so we're gonna we're gonna go with sort of sort of more and this is the highest praise to call it generic when it comes to the world of nutrition, which is what you're asking about, there are certain, uh, we're, we're going to stick to the evidence. We're going we're gonna, to you know, read the works of Walter Ouellette, a colleague from Harvard School of Public Health, who's only written 1,500 articles and has looked at hundreds of thousands of people as an epidemiologist over decades to determine that a single article, which apparently erroneously you know, quoted you know, the, the, as they did their analysis, that the preponderance of the evidence, I sound like a lawyer now, it, it, is, that, is that, you know, butter is not the best option. It, it, it may sell some Time Magazine articles, but we know, that we're, we, we, we know that the evidence is showing us that we need to eat our fruits and vegetables, that we need to limit the meat. Um, people talk about a plant-based diet, which is not exclusively plants, but that there, there's evidence for that. 
you know, these, these, there are certain truths that, that we can hold to, even if they don't sell magazines. So we tend to talk about more sort of the generic sort of basic recommendations, the evidence-based recommendations. And so what, what power do we have? Uh, an article broke in USA Today today. Uh, they looked at 13,000 Spanish university graduates for eight years. And they determine the association between uh, sedentary behavior and risk of death. And they focused on television viewing time. The headline, watching too much TV can lead to an early death. It's as if TV (laughs) is the killer, not the sitting disease. What can we do to help people not fall for this kind of, what I call S-I-G-H, S-I-G-H-E-N-C-E? Uh, that kind of science. The well, the one that you're quoting and the correlation between TV viewing and 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 ill health has actually been reported many many times, and and it, and it goes beyond just the sitting because of, I believe, what's been shown to be the associated activities of watching TV, which mm-hmm. I think we're talking about snacking here. And, yeah. and, and, and the number of hours of television is closely correlated with, with sedentary behavior and, and additional ill health. Um, so I, I think this one sort of supports, you know, you know uh, what, what we've heard before. And um, the, uh, there's more and more evidence that sitting is the new smoking. And, and as I've said to audiences, the evidence is getting to the point where, Mike, when you come in my office and I say, you know, Mike, would you please, uh, would you like to sit down? I may be committing malpractice. That, that's, <laughs> you may be committing murder. Uh, that, that's, how, that's how strong the evidence is against prolonged sitting. Do you have a um, standing desk in your office? Um, so I have, in, in my clinical office, we have a universally designed computer screen, meaning that it swings up and down on an arm because the next doctor is not going to be the same height as me. And I re- repeatedly through the day, and, and for illustrative purposes, will just swing it up a few feet, pop off my chair, and stand there and, and keep on typing as I'm talking to the patient. Um, in my uh, administrative offices, we have a ball chair in a frame. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and amongst the, the fellows that I work with when people come in to visit, that's the seat of honor. Uh-huh, that's great. And, and not everyone wants to try it, but... Um, and I've got lots of uh, clinical colleagues that now have treadmill desks. Right. What a powerful message to talk to your patient from a treadmill desk. Isn't that great? Because the patient comes in and sees a physician standing on a treadmill desk, and you don't have to say anything. I want that too. Right. Dr. Phillips, Eddie, you are an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, everything you do, I uh, look at and am, am in awe of. Uh, Let me just uh, thank you again. Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, sir. Eddie Phillips is an assistant professor of physical medicine, rehab, rehabilitation at Harvard Medical School, and the notable director of the Institute of Lifestyle Medicine. Uh, The power behind exercise is medicine, along with his colleagues at the American College of Sports Medicine, a very, very good friend of the American Council on Exercise, And uh, I thank you so much for all of the information you've shared with the public, with fitness professionals. And uh, let's get out there and stay healthy. I'd like to thank all of you listeners who've joined us today. 
And as always, I encourage you all to subscribe to the podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com, where you'll find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore literally thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, workout plans, health programs, and creative ways you can get yourself and your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. So join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness. Wellness.